Right, hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye uh, Sunday Tarot Talk. I am your host, Jason. Thank you for joining us. We are on Key 19, so we're on our 20th episode. Key 19 is the sun, of course, and we're going to talk about uh, the topic of regeneration today. Regeneration, so we'll understand that uh, concept much more as we go through the lesson here. I want to thank you all for joining us. Appreciate you guys being here uh, through this journey through tarot. Um, we are almost done. So key 19, of course, the sun. Then we have 20, which is um, which is judgment. And then 21 is the, the world or the universe card. Uh, so those are the only two that are left. So if you're joining us for the first time, there's a whole bunch more of these. You can go back and listen from the fool all the way up to where we are today at the sun. And then, of course, the next two shows will be our, our last two in this series anyway, uh, ending with the world or K21. Uh, I want to invite you guys to follow us at info at Cosmic, excuse me, info, not info, at uh, Cosmic Itero on Instagram and also on TikTok at Cosmic Itero. Uh, we're at CosmicEye.org if you'd like to check out uh, some of our tarot decks or tarot bags. We've got some great stuff up there. All three of our tarot decks that we've designed and had manufactured um, and that you know we've done the artwork for are up there now. So those Cosmic Eye tarot decks, uh, the Blooming Cat tarot, our uh, unicorn deck, and then our, our Libra Forum deck are all available right now for purchase. So, um, so check those out. I think you're really going to dig those. Hope everyone is well. Um, sun is a great card. This is a really nice one to meditate on, uh, especially for kind of bringing yourself a feeling of joy, lightness, sort of childlike creativity and so on. This idea of regeneration connected to that that we begin to understand when we start looking at uh, some of the symbolic elements of the card and so forth. Uh, but, you know, your unconscious mind, as we've said uh, many times on the uh, on the Sunday Tarot Talks, uh, speaks in pictures. So, you know, these cards speak directly to our unconscious so that even if we can't necessarily explain the cards, uh, our, our unconscious still understands them. So by meditating and taking that time that I've, I've said uh, in each of the shows, take that five minutes a day to really work on this card. Again, I'm using this BOTA version of the deck. You can look that up online. Uh, if you just type in BOTA uh, Sun Tarot card, you'll see that image in Google Images. Uh, thank you to Dr. Paul Foster Case, whose work I draw so heavily from and who has uh, taught me so much and who is here with us in spirit, uh, certainly through these lessons and through, uh, through my, my work that I'm doing. I wouldn't be doing the tarot work that I'm doing if it wasn't for the influence of Dr. Case. So, uh, you know, great respect to, to him. Much respect to him. So uh, let's get into this. So we find ourselves... In this last row of tarot cards, as I've talked about before, so if you lay out the cards, of course, uh, the 21 cards um, makes, make three rows and the pool is kind of a free floating uh, uh, card on the top. So this third row is, is, is card, keys 15 uh, to 21. So we talked about key 15, that's the devil. That's, uh, that's the understanding uh, that bondage to this material world is an illusion. Bondage is an illusion. Uh, and then that's that's the uh, that's the first stage of spiritual unfoldment. The second stage of spiritual unfoldment at key sixteen is awakening. So the tower represents awakening. You see that lightning zap in that tower, 
kind of breaking down those old structures and understandings and giving us a new spiritual awakening. That's the tower. That's the second stage. The third stage is key 17, revelation. Uh, also closely tied to meditation. So that's the star card. Uh, key, key 17. Key 18 is, of course, um, the moon. And uh, the moon is associated with organizations, so the new type of organization in the body, mind, and spirit that occurs. And we talked about that in our last episode. And then key 19 is this idea of the fifth stage of spiritual unfoldment, uh, which is symbolized by this key, this idea of regeneration or new birth. So really, it's this uh, movement from this natural sort of... Um, natural human state to a spiritual humanity, you know, the movement from natural humanity into spiritual humanity. It's that alchemical regeneration that we're really talking about. Um, so a lot of, you know, ceremony and ritual uh, is presented as this process. So, you know, you'll see these, these raising ups and these regenerations and these sorts of ideas. And um, in the rituals of Wicca, the rituals of Freemasonry and the Golden Dawn and, and other uh, Western mystery traditions and so forth, even in the ancient Egyptian traditions, and you know, going way back, I'm sure the Babylonians had something like this as well. Uh, this idea of regeneration, and this idea of regeneration is even in Christianity, esoteric Christianity particularly. Uh, but this symbolism and this idea of rebirth is connected to this regeneration, the twice-born idea. We'll get into that later. So in the natural person, the natural human being, the powers of uh, subconsciousness. <clears throat> are affected, uh, somewhat stifled by negative suggestions that we make to ourselves uh, that have been, been implanted either within us as a result of uh, negative thinking or, you know, programming from the outside, you know, culture, reading, you know, watching negative things in the media, whatever it is, these different ideas, erroneous ideas and erroneous conscious thinking and things we pick up. But once we start to apply the correct kind of conscious self-direction uh, in our efforts to grow spiritually, you know, we become this twice-born being. Uh, we become one twice-born. That's an idea of Hinduism. But that's also in Christianity, a reborn. There's a rebirth that occurs uh, through, that, through that process. There's an idea in alchemy of being, being reborn. So this new birth, the physical body really is, is actually transformed. So it's not just a spiritual event. It's also a, your physical body is actually, is actually transformed within to, to be more conscious, to be more connected to spirit and so on. It's as if, you know, it's almost like a hardware update or something. And then the, you know, the spiritual infusion that takes place or the spiritual unfoldment that takes place is almost like that software update in a sense that, if that analogy makes sense in this technological world, which I hope it does. Uh, so the, in, this, in this new birth, you know, as I said, this physical body is transformed. That's practical method, of course, by which we affect the change uh, is, is really, really comes about by, by way of um, St. Paul saying, be ye uh, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, you create that transformation by, by, you know, using your conscious mind um, to focus uh, and create a 
physical change within yourself in the same way that you use, you know, mental healing and spiritual treatments and so forth to heal by using your mind, by using your thought, you also will transform yourself, uh, spiritually speaking, into a higher form of yourself through the mind as well. But think about that. You really do need to sort of meditate on, on, on these words, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want you guys to think about this uh, this week as you're going throughout your week. Uh, as I said, this new birth includes both uh, sort of mental and physical alterations that occur. Um, and there's a deep inner realization of, of where human beings actually lie in the cosmic order. You begin to understand where we fit in the whole scheme of things. Um, new orders of understanding are awakened. Uh, as, as one begins to have this inner realization and as one begins to be transformed. But as, uh, as we said, there's an actual alteration of the physical body as well. And this fifth stage of unfoldment, of unfoldment is, is really um, a degree of what's known in the occult world as adeptship, adeptship. And that's the liberation from the limitations of physical matter and, and you know, the circumstances that are around us. And the way we rise above our material limitations and begin to control those, uh, those material circumstances in our life, i.e. we're able to heal, we're able to, you know, affect our material world, manifest the things we need, you know, create, create change in places with, you know, with uh, mental means and so forth. Um, but it's, you know, it's also this fifth stage of unfoldment is also a, a grade of conscious identification uh, with the one life, with the one spirit, with the I am presence. So in other words, you're beginning to identify yourself with the one presence and the one power. You're beginning to feel that. But there's still, as we'll get into this, there's, there's a bit of, uh, it's, it's a first step in, in, this, in this work. Uh, towards this conscious union with, with uh, cosmic consciousness. It's not final. It's not final. So the resources, as we said, the material resources are really under control of the adept at this point. And that's like a really high-level guru or magician um, that has, in a sense, becomes childlike not childish, but childlike, and really experiences uh, the fulfillment of this biblical promise that, quote unquote, a little child shall lead them, a little child shall lead them. So the person who reaches this, this grade, this spiritual illumination, still feels uh, a bit of separation, still feels like a distinct entity. So it's not this full liberation of, of samadhi, or this God consciousness that's talked about in yoga philosophy, or atonement or at one meant that's spoken of uh, in in Christian esoteric circles, or you know this idea of moksha liberation or nirvana that you've heard that you heard of, and so forth. That's in the Buddhist tradition. Uh, but it's a stage higher than any of the stages preceding it. So it's not the full liberation, but it's definitely close, though there's still a feeling of individuality with the person. So the person uh, still feels that they're a separate uh, or at least a sort of distinct entity separate from uh, the one force, the one spirit, the one power. 
Um, but, but on the other hand, this stage uh, is one that where all the physical forces are dominated by the will. So this is, you know, so you've read, you've read about people like this that achieve this. I mean, and it's a, not a huge number of people, but there are people that are able to control physical forces and, you know, affect healings, you know, mystical healings and go into altered states of consciousness at will and, you know, recall past lives and, you know, there's there's many mystical powers associated with this state of this state of mind, this state of spiritual unfoldment. Uh, because at this point, you are really an unobstructed vehicle for this power of God consciousness, and that power is what really rules these these forces, these material energies that you know make up our uh, our sort of you know our experience in this um, this particular physical plane that we're. Uh, that we're living in, at least bodily speaking. And it's not speaking of the spiritual planes that we're simultaneously living on. Um, but th this actual physical embodiment and that sort of day-to-day -day experience that we have. So card 19, key 19, the sun, is associated with the Hebrew letter Resh. And of course, as I said, it's, it's the number 19. So the number 19, we're looking at that number symbolism. We know that these two numbers are uh, are are connected to uh, nine, which is the hermit, and one, which is the magician. So that gives us more insight into the card by looking at uh, those separate cards in connection to this, this card as well. So there's connections between the magician and the hermit and the sun card because of that number 19 uh, that it's associated with. So it represents the expression of the force represented by the hermit through the activity represented by the magician. Uh, so that's that one force, that one power that uh, that the hermit has has connected himself to, um, and then the magician represents that awareness, that concentration, that focus, like the pointing of his wand. It's that concentration, that full single pointed concentration. And uh, the hermit also represents the universal will, and of course, that's the only free willpower that there actually is—that will of the one identity. So we're all connected to that. So we. As we talked about in that episode on the hermit, you know, there really is no free will. It just seems like there is. We're, but in a sense, the, the, the free will is, is universal will. It's the will of the one identity or the one power that flows through us. That's that God consciousness within us. That's the true will, the universal will uh, that causes all of, uh, all of creation and all of action. Uh, in this plane that we live in. So the magician represents that, that plane of personal consciousness. So you see the universal will represented by the hermit, and then that personal consciousness represented by the magician. So those two forces working together, the concentration of that force is really what it's talking about. Uh, so the number 19 denotes the expression of the one will through human self-consciousness. So think about that. And we're looking again from, so we read from right to left. So that's why the nine, the hermit is first, and then the one is the magician. So the expression of the one will, that's the number nine, the hermit expressing itself through human consciousness, self-consciousness uh, represented by the number one, the magician. So right to left, because we read uh, those numbers like we read Hebrew from right to left. Because this is a Kabbalistic system, you always have to remember that. Okay, so the Hebrew letter resh means head. Uh, when we think about this, this word head, the noun, 
uh, we associate the idea of a beginning. Um, what's in the beginning comes first. It takes the lead. It has precedence, priority. It's superior. The head of a government is, of course, its ruler. The head of a class is like the smartest kid. Heads, head, the heads of a speech are the points of expression. So like you might have a heads of a speech. There's the big points that you're making, the principal points that you're trying to make. Um, power. So we talk about power also when we speak of head. There's this, this you know, depending on how old you are, uh, you may have heard the uh, expression to bring to a head or to come to a head. It means that uh, something's, an idea is coming to completion or accomplishment. And they used to say, it's kind of an old timey saying, but they used to say, a full head of steam uh, when people had concentrated energy. So, you know, oh, you have a full head of steam heading into this project, something like that, people would say. Not used too much anymore, but that's, you know, this idea of head is associated with those. So we, we find that these, these, you know, these words that we use oftentimes in English, um, you know, correspond to some of these esoteric meanings and connections and so on. It's interesting because it's kind of made its way into our day-to-day -day speech. So the sun is the planet, or actually more accurately, the heavenly body attributed to Resh, the letter Resh, which corresponds to the English letter R, Resh. And that's the Hebrew letter that's associated with this card, as I said. And this, uh, this connects the esoteric uh, meaning of the letter with the, all of the ideas that are associated with the sun. So both in the New Testament and the Hebrew Bible, um, you hear God called, quote unquote, the uh, son, of, son of life and light, S-U-N, son. Um, that's, uh, that's terms that are used in there. And other sacred books and other religious uh, traditions and so on, the son is definitely a, an, an emblem or, an, or a symbol of, of, of God or of deity. Um, the actual son is not the deity, but it's a representation. It's a representation. Although the sun was a deity in certain societies as well, uh, but not particularly in this, obviously in this, uh, this Jewish tradition. Uh, but certainly that connection to the sun is there and there's a lot of sun symbolism in, as, as uh, Dr. Case pointed out, in both the New Testament and in the Hebrew Bible or the quote unquote Old Testament. In alchemical writings, there's this idea that the great work, the magnum opus, which is kind of this operation that we're trying to achieve in the alchemical work for, towards illumination, it's called the operation of the sun. So the sun's a similar, is also a, a symbol, it's a symbol, excuse me, not similar, a symbol for alchemical goal. And I'm going to quote El, uh, Aliphas Levy, Aliphas Levy, one of the greatest occultists, French occultists uh, of all time, and this uh, comes from Transcendental Magic, which I highly recommend you buy if you do not have, it is absolute genius work. He says, the goal of the philosophers is, in religion, the absolute and supreme reason. In philosophy, it is truth. In visible nature, it is the sun, which is the emblem of the sun of truth, as that itself is the shadow of the first source, whence all splendors spring. In the subterranean world, it is the purest and most perfect gold. For this reason, the search after the magnum opus is called the search after the absolute, and the great work itself is called the work of the sun. It's called the work of the sun. The correspondence between the sun and goal is really uh, wrapped up in, in is a, it's a, really a clue to the whole hermetic mystery, the whole hermetic uh, mystical system. Uh, 
another uh, and another alchemist, uh, Sendivogius, says that the philosopher's stone, uh, the philosopher's stone, is nothing other than gold digested to the highest degree. Similarly, the, there, there was an anonymous writer, a German author, of uh, a famous alchemical tract called the Golden Tract, and he said that, uh, "quote the reader." now knows that the substance of our stone is neither animal nor vegetable and that it does not belong to the minerals or the base metals but that it must be extracted from gold and silver and that our gold and silver are not the vulgar dead gold and silver but the living gold and silver of the sages living gold and silver of the sages so we talk about that living gold as as a, as consciousness we talk about that living gold uh, as the ultimate, uh, the ultimate reality, this living gold in its in its physical manifestation, its physical manifestation. So now this is in our actual physical world. Is what's known as the radiant energy of the sun, and that radiant energy of the sun is the first matter, known as the first matter in this in this great work, this alchemical work. So the alchemists say that the first matter has as many names as there are things on the earth. That it swims with the fishes in the sea, it flies with the birds in the air, uh, and 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 so you you know that there's a deep a deep mystical meaning behind that. Uh, I'll read a couple of these quotes from Tyndall on his twelfth lecture on heat. He was a scientist, famous scientist, and he says, "Every tree, plant, and flower grows and flourishes by the grace and bounty of the sun, as surely as the force which moves a clock's hands is derived from the arm which winds up the clock, so surely is all terrestrial power derived from the sun, derived from the sun. So really, the sun is the is the you know the cornerstone of our existence." Um, and it really, it really explains how everything physical or all physical manifestations of this, you know, of this experience that we call life is, is, a, is really a manifestation of this one radiant energy of, of the physical sun. But then, of course, behind that is the one radiant, radiant energy of the, of the one present. So that, that sun, sun's representation, of course, is the center of the you know, our solar system and our life, the center of our life, represents God. It represents, you know, the cosmic consciousness. It represents the I am power. And that power is within us. We are, we are, uh, we are made from and part and parcel of. We live and move and have our being in that energy. Um, and again, I'm going to quote Levy, Alephus Levy, who we just talked about. Uh, this all power is also, and this is where the alchemical symbolism can 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 get interesting because it's also symbolized. This all power, this one power, this radiant energy can also be symbolized by water, the alchemical water. So that's not necessarily the same as as the idea of earth, air, water, and fire. Although sometimes it is. So it just depends on the system that you're looking at. But this particular water, the alchemical water, uh, Levy says is is a sub is substance and motion at one and the same time it's fluid and a perpetual vibration fluid and a perpetual vibration uh, so the first matter and the alchemical water are the same thing down through the ages um, you know the wise men who composed the inner school this mystical 
tradition, this hidden, these hidden, hidden teachers and so on, transmitted their knowledge of this living fluidic radiance. And that comes to us through the mystery schools and through the teachings of uh, the Freemasons and the ancient Egyptians and the Babylonians and the Tibetans. And I mean, it's throughout all of our religious history. It comes all the way up through even into modern Christianity. It's still these teachings are of the inner school are transmitted through all of these, these tradition, religious traditions into shamanism, into the indigenous wisdoms and so on. It's filtered into all the, the wise uh, men and women of, of, of all cultures. So, um, it's an interesting thing though, you know, so now today, uh, to take a little side, side note, uh, now today, you know, of course we have science and it says this combination of speculative but logical reasoning and then empirical observation that's more or less the scientific methodology, right? The ageless wisdom, the ageless wisdom, the inner tradition, mystical traditions and so forth, while they also uh, recognize the scientific method, the so-called scientific method, recognizing it, they, they recognize the value of it, but then also they go beyond that. So they will reach for you know truth and fact, and I speak of truth and fact with a capital T and a capital F. You know, when I speak of cosmic truth or you know, mystical truth, uh, archetypal truth, right? They arrive at these, these, these twin goals of finding truth and fact by, by direct experience. So they call this shortcut of direct experience. So, you know, you think about it like this, like mystical approach is different than science and it's empirical and sort of logical approach. And the, the mystical approach is more like this. So you have, a, you have this idea of a, a person who's born blind, say, they may be able to really learn intricate and complex theories maybe concerning the, let's say the electromagnetic spectrum. You could compare, you know, if you can learn all these things, he or she can compare, uh, can compare the, you know, really elaborate mathematical analysis of relationships between different colors of the visible spectrum. I mean, you might have all these mathematical understandings in the mind and these, these analytical ideas and, you know, sort of abstract ideas. But having, you know, and you can, you can in your own way, having not seen, uh, sort of reach your own particular comprehension or apprehension of, of the difference, let's say, between, you know, the colors red and green. But let's contrast that with this idea of like even a child uh, who, who, can, who can see and just has no need of coming up with all these theories, mathematical analysis, and all this, you know, labor going into this understanding of color. He just directly perceives the colors, you know, and that's the same as a as a wise one or a sage or a mystic. It's that's the the childlike uh, meaning of 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 direct perception, and you see these colors and the difference between them. Um, but, you know, in reality, so that's just an analogy, but in reality, so this type of direct experience when we're talking about these spiritual realities uh, is possible, but it's not known to relatively few people. Uh, and then we talk about, again, this radiant energy, this, um, this fluidic idea. So the spiritual fluidic golden water of the alchemists is a reality. It's a true reality, and it may be perceived 
uh, as, as definitely or immediately as any other phenomenon as a leaf on a tree or, you know, a salamander under, under you know, a, a leaf or, or, or under a stone. Um, but you have to develop a different set of eyes. You have to develop a mystical set of eyes. So the sages say they, that they have seen their first matter, their first matter, we talk about this golden fluidic water, this idea of the one substance, the one presence, the radiant energy, whatever you want to call it. They've seen it with their own eyes, but they've also touched it with their own hands. So they've experienced it directly. And you'll have to think about what that means. And also they say the first matter is seen by all, but known by a few. So it's something within the range of our physical sensitive senses, our physical senses. Um, and there, in it, its effects are perceptible by ordinary sensation, but only a, a few, a small number of people know the significance of what is actually seen by everyone. So in other words, that's a handful of people who, who understand, they look at it, but most of us, the uninitiated, look at the, uh, the world, but the, the, uh, the sages and the wise ones have seen into something. They've seen into it. Um, so this radiant field, this energy that we're talking about, um, this alchemical water, this first matter, et cetera, um, in us, in our physical body, the point of entrance is, is the, uh, is at the solar plexus. It's at the particular solar plexus. So in the system of Rosicrucian symbolism, uh, it corresponds to the inner planet of Jupiter. Uh, for the chakra system, it is the uh, third chakra, the third, excuse me, let me see, roots, and then the sexual chakra, yeah, the third chakra up. And this is where the, this is the gang, where the ganglion is in the, in the sympathetic nervous system just above, uh, excuse me, in the fourth chakra, I'm sorry, just above the, uh, above and behind the heart, so the heart chakra, the heart chakra. Uh, not the Jupiter, uh, but the sun, the sun, uh, uh, the planets, the sun is associated with that chakra uh, in the Rosicrucian system of inner, inner planets, which corresponds to the Hindu system of the chakras. Uh, so heart center, yeah, the undifferentiated, so this undifferentiated life power enters the body through this center. It's a sort of an electric current almost. Uh, you might imagine as an electric current entering a building through like a main switch. Uh, this is where the life power enters through us at this heart center and the nerve cells of the sun center charge the bloodstream. It's of course esoteric, an uh, esoteric understanding is occult anatomy. Uh, by the way, Manly Hall's uh, book, Occult Anatomy, has excellent explanations of, of, of all of this. Uh, so I highly recommend that book. It's a bit in the secret teachings, but specifically occult anatomy deals with a lot of this in a really uh, deep way. So, person, so persons who have developed, you know, finer seeing, clairvoyance, and so on, finer vision, as they call it, are able to see the vibrations of this force through this through this heart center, and they've spoken about it. Clairvoyance, I have written about that, and they can see these different centers. So. Uh, they call this cardiac area, this area of the heart chakra, almost like a main switch. Uh, at least that's the way it's looked at. You know, some people use that terminology. Others use different terminology. So in astrology, uh, the sun rules the sign Leo, and that governs the heart. 
And as I said, that confirms um, the inner school or the ageless wisdom's tradition of the attribution of the sun to this cardiac ganglion region instead of the solar plexus. And as I said, the solar plexus is associated with Jupiter, uh, with Jupiter, and that's the solar plexus is the third chakra, the sun is the fourth. Uh, so, um, and tarot key 19 then is the symbol of uh, of the dominant force that is manifested by the process that we depict that we spoke about in key eight um, so if you want to go back and listen to the lecture on key eight that'll help you get some more understanding on this uh, astrologers also the key eight by the way is uh, the strength card sorry Astrologers say also that the sun is exalted, which means raised to its highest form of expression in Aries, and that corresponds to key four. So if you want to go back and listen to key four on the emperor, that lesson, that'll help you to understand some of the things that are going on here um, as well. So all of these cards intertwine together, their symbolism informs the symbolism and meaning of the other cars and it's just it's such an amazing system and so geniusly constructed that it's really pretty pretty endless the permutations of understanding that come when you look at this card related to that card and you know this card as a as a apotheosis of these two cards and it's just really quite quite remarkable tarot is a is an amazing uh book of wisdom uh, in a you know 78 card you know pack of of seemingly innocent uh, you know basically what a lot of people think are playing cards but of course you listening know that they're not otherwise you wouldn't have went this far with me so you know the importance of these cards and you understand how they're affecting changes within the you know psycho spiritual part of yourself within the psyche and so on they're developing a different latent powers within you and so on so it's not just a game and it's not just a method of fortune telling although that is one of the you know things that we do and i do that myself so it's a valuable part of it but it's also a tool for for spiritual unfoldment and that really again as we said is what um you know what this is about so the so this is an interesting thing so we talked a little bit about this before. I brought this up several times. So now the this uh, there's this word eben eben, which means stone eben, stone in Hebrew. It's the letter aleph, bet, and nun put together. And it's there's this idea um, that alchemists called the the philosopher's stone, also medicine. It's this idea of this, this transformation that goes on within the body and creates this regeneration that we're talking about with key, uh, with key 19 here. There's sort of a body building process going on, which is not like muscle building, but there's a sort of a change of body making your instrument of your body finer and you're able to perceive things you know, clairvoyantly and on a sort of astral level and you're able to, you know, on a, on a higher spiritual plane in essence. Um, and so this, this, this idea in alchemy, is, as I said, is, um, is, this, is, is in connection with this word, the this stone or philosopher's stone or their medicine. So this word stone is important in connection with this, 
with this card as well in Q19. So if we look at the separate letters of, the, as I said, this word stone, which is Eben, uh, the first letter is Aleph, and it symbolizes the left, the life breath, the life breath. Key zero, the fool. Okay, so then the second letter is Bet, Bet. Bet represents self-consciousness and um, the planet Mercury. That's symbolized by the magician. And then this, this third letter, Nun, corresponds to Scorpio and to key 13, or death. And we've talked about all those cards. So if you want more information on those, go back and listen to those. If you add those numbers together, 0, 1, and 13, you get the number 14. That's the number of temperance. And that symbolizes the knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel. Uh, if that go, that goes a bit beyond the discussion today, but the knowledge and conversation of the holy guardian angel, if you want to find out more about that, Google that. That's a uh, term that's in uh, Western, the Western mystery tradition and in the Western magical traditions in particular. So when we, it's basically establishing communication with your higher self is what it means, but there's more to it than that. So when we establish this communication to the higher self, we enter into the state of conscious recognition of the truth that the father, which is the letters Aleph and Bet, Ab, Ab and son, Ben, are in perfect union. Of course, that works for males or females. So the father just represents the, the you know, the absolute God consciousness, the I am. And the sun represents Ben. Ben, the sun represents, you know, uh, the the Holy Spirit basically, or the the power of God within us, the, the Christ consciousness within, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This perfect union between those two things. Um, and we enter into that consciousness through an influx of the of this all power that rep, again represented by key zero, the fool. It, when that comes into our field of self-consciousness or key one, which is the magician. And it's directed down to subconscious levels so that it modifies the op operation of that serpent power or that Scorpio force, otherwise known as Kundalini energy. It awakens that power within us. And then the magician cultivates, you see on the card that the magician cultivates flowers in his garden. So you get this idea that flower, flowers are the reproductive organs of the, veg of the vegetable or the plant world basically. So that's a representation of the reproductive energy. So it's this awakening regenerative power that's within us. So again, so many, so many symbols, so much to dig into. Um, and then of course, as, as a result of, of, of you know, meditation and exercise, exercises and concentration and different types of training, um, you know, this force is raised up, it's raised up so that it awakens the brain centers, which bring us into the higher order of knowing. So we talk about this, this Ab, uh, father and son, Ben, uh, is, is you know, not being separate anymore, and they're in perfect union. Otherwise, Eben, Eben, the word stone, which again is, is the word Ab and Ben put together and in, in Kabbalistic terms. And so you have this union, you have this union between the father and the son or the human being and God. Uh, the consciousness then is the stone. This conscious realization is the stone and the medicine, as alchemy says, because it heals. It heals us when we find our, our, ourselves in this position of this type of consciousness. It heals the diseases of mind, body, spirit. Uh, alchemists also called it the medicine, the metals, because 
uh, alchemical metals are those seven interior stars that are pictured by a key 17, as I said, those seven interior planets, those seven chakras. And when they're made whole and their powers are equilibrated, uh, balanced out, in other words, in the state of consciousness uh, indicated by that inner significance of that event that I just talked about, the stone. So then, then that medicine, that alchemical or that philosopher's stone comes online in essence. And, you know, this magical transformation occurs within. So this result is physiological and a psychological and spiritual transformation, a total transformation, a total regeneration, a rebirth. And the adept's body is body chemistry is actually changed. Um, you know, and you, you, you know, they can see this in monks and so forth and in spiritual adepts uh, that they've tested with meditation and so on. There's literally a physical change in the body. There's a change in the, 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 the neurological paths in the brain. There's a whole different, different sort of a wiring that's going on in people that have this, this, this deep uh, occult and mystical training. And then the subtle structure of the cells composing that compose the body, compose the organism has changed. And you really, as I said, become newly born or regenerate. So think about this idea of regeneration as you're, you're focusing on the cards, uh, as you're focusing on this card in particular, uh, the sun. Uh, do your five minutes a day of, of concentration or meditation work on this card. Uh, you're really gonna see great results with that. Keep in mind this idea of this regeneration and shoot for that. It's going to take you to a, a new level of understanding and spiritual awakening. Um, and do uh, also think about this idea. I, th I think I mentioned this last week when I started this. So just before you go to sleep, uh, take some time to review your day's activity. Now, Chris and I talked about this a lot. Pythagoras uh, recommended this for all of his students in the ancient wisdom tradition. This was a big thing. Review your day's activity. Uh, before you go to sleep and think about a way, you know, you look at the things you did that you liked and concentrate on those things that you felt you could use some work on, you know, resolve to, to work on those things uh, the next day, you know, the following day. Um, and then, you know, you're going to begin to realize that, you know, in the end, this, this idea that this whole uh, physical aspect of this, of our lives are connected to the solar radiance. And of course, that's just a representation of the one power and the one presence that's behind that solar radiance. And you begin to see how, you know, this is all connected to this one force. Everything in your daily experience is connected to this one force. You know, and think about the sun, think about its significance on your life. Think about how we're all connected through it and think about how it, you know, our lives are dependent upon it. And in the same, you know, in the same way, as the physical sun is our physical um, uh, source, in a sense, the source of our physical lives. Um, all you know, all our energy, all our food, all the water, all the you know, the winds, everything you know, we're dependent on uh, is 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 a result of the you know the, the energy of the sun. Um, and then, of course, behind that is the, the 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 one presence, the one power. The one radiance, the, the I am presence, and that is part of you, and you are part of it. And keep that in mind uh, in your daily experience and remind yourself of that. And of course, I said, you know, review those days activities uh, each day before you go to sleep and, you know, resolve to, to try to live a little bit better uh, each day, a little bit more focused, a little bit more kind, a little bit more just, 
a little bit more connected to uh, your fellow brothers and sisters out there. So God bless you all. Um, peace and light to everyone. I thank you for joining me. I appreciate you guys being here each week. Uh, do follow me on at Cosmic Itero on Instagram. And if you can, please uh, donate at anchor.fm slash Cosmic I. I and Angel, who is on my Spirit Work show, uh, you know, we put a lot of hard work into this stuff. And um, it's always nice to, to have a little bit of financial support and appreciation for the work, uh, you know, that you do. So we hope that you guys can share. And of course, you know, when we, when we share, you know, in turn, others share with us. And it's just a good a good habit to be in, you know, just get this whole flow and circulation going and uh, try to we can try to share this work with more and more people and just kind of make a better world doing that stuff. So uh, I thank you all who do support the show. I really appreciate you guys. Thanks. Uh, bless, blessings and light to all of you who, who do support the show. And of course, as I said, check us out at CosmicEye.org. Uh, I'll be back in a couple of weeks with Key 20, uh, which is our second to last installment of this uh this series, this Sunday Tarot Talk, uh, at least for, for a while. Uh, so I will be back in a couple of weeks. And of course, join us on Wednesday or Thursday. It's usually a Thursday that we're getting these up these days. Uh, we have the Spirit Work Show with Angel from At Angel on the eighth day. And you can check out his Etsy store. There's a lot of fantastic stuff in there. Beautiful. He's got uh, some beautiful stones and uh, crystals and so forth. Uh, really cool, magical, magical stuff there. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Um, I will speak to you next week. Have a great week. Be safe out there. Uh, goodbye and God bless.